Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 71. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we are excited to have with us the highly revered and internationally known television historian, Dave Sundstrom. Dave, thanks for coming. Thank you for being episode 71. This is Wow, it's a stuff. pleasure. I'm glad you held out and waited for 71 for me. That That's, you know, just, it's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know because I, mean, I mean I said you know I got to wait till episode seventy one and yeah. I, you know, I, I timed it, it out perfectly yeah exactly how do you know yeah. that was like my favorite year you think about that that was a, an amazing year nineteen seventy one yeah Holy I just God. looked at yeah I looked at all the different TV shows that you mostly Brady made, and they Bunch, were Partridge yeah. Family although it was if I think about it now Rural Purge that was, was right about 71? the beginning. Yeah. yeah, it was right around there. That that was the last year of the Hillbillies, Beverly Hillbillies on CBS, and right. you know, and that was the CBS said, you know what, anything with a tree in it, boom, it's <laughs> off the off the lineup. And you, I know, and I just, and we can talk about that in a little bit because I did notice is one of your many channels is one of them was called was it Forgotten Memories or something along those lines? I've got a bunch of them. Forgotten media, media, forgotten media. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, that's and, my old uh, archive of. Uh, stuff that I just find and post and I, and, and it's all copyrighted. So I know that I, I, you know, it's just like, it's, I'm not trying to do anything with it other than share the joy of old right. clips and commercials. <laughs> so, so Dave, before we got on the air, I was talking yeah. to you about how I kind of got into, you know, following your channel. A lot of it is, you know, it's just the, the nostalgia of, you know, childhood, but also the nostalgia of, the previous generation's childhood yeah. and all their stories. And there's something about seeing a time that is, you know, you know, memorialized and you, you do a lot of TV, you do music, you do some movies. Um, but for, for, for the sake of uh, our listeners and our viewers, do you want to kind of give people a bit of a background on how you kind of got it, got into creating these channels and how you started, uh, you know, kind of building these, these videos, they're yeah. fascinating history yeah. videos. Well, it's a it's a long journey, Barney. It was a long, long journey to where I am now. <laughs> I'll try to be, you know, give you the Reader's Digest version of it, okay. so that we don't take the full hour just on how I got to where I am now on YouTube. But let's start with, uh, wow, we went full screen. Okay, so let's start. With, uh, you know, I love, I've loved YouTube since it started. What was it? Did it start in 2005, something like that? 2006? I can't remember. But uh, right around that time, I have been an avid fan. And I've always kind of thought, hey, I would like to do something on YouTube. Before that, I'd make little home videos for the family and that kind of thing with, you know, the technology we had at the time, early 2000s. Wasn't that good, but uh, enjoyed doing it anyway. But when YouTube came out, I think I probably, it probably took me five, six years to post my first video. And uh, what I did at first was I'd been making music with my brother, Steve. He has a channel too, Stephen mm -hmm. Sundstrom. And uh, I posted some videos of our music. And so that was the very first thing I posted on there and got some, you know, okay response. People were watching it every once in a while. And, uh, so I played around with that a little bit more and I started along with that. I posted some kids 
riddle videos. So like a, a string of riddles, dad kind of jokes, that type oh, of thing. Okay. And my first one, I had posted like three or four, but my first one kind of went viral, at least what I thought was viral at the time. And I think at, at some point when I finally took it down, it probably had like 20,000 views on it. Wow. And yeah, it just was one of those things that was like, holy cow, it's people, if you put the right thing up and you give it the right title and it has an attractive thumbnail, maybe someone will click on it. So I started playing around and, you know, I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm going to talk about things that I like. And I realized, you know, what do I love more than anything else? Sitting on my keister <laughs> on the sofa, watching TV, and if not that, listening to music. Mm. And I love movies too, of course. So just all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I started posting some movie reviews, mm. some things I was watching on TV, and uh, they got some okay response. But it was weird at first. It was a video that I did. I started talking uh, talking about some of the bands I like, and and I did a video on Journey and the last concert that Steve Perry and at the time, the remaining members, Neil, Sean, Jonathan, Kane, did together. It was a benefit, and it was an odd concert. And, and it's, it seems even odder on YouTube because the audio is kind of messed up, and it sounds like the crowd isn't cheering at all, so it seems really morose. Hmm. And I did the video on that, and that one went kind of crazy. So I said, you know what? I read the comments, answered the comments, always answer the comments. That's how you build a community, right? I answered the comments. I realized that there were a group of people, particularly females, roughly my age, maybe a little bit older even, that were huge Steve Perry fans. They're just like religiously devoted to Steve Perry. <laughs> so I just started churning out Steve Perry videos. And it was easy because I'm a big Steve Perry fan myself. I loved the band Journey. And I always thought Steve Perry had an amazing voice. So, and, and the thing about Steve Perry is, is he's kind of an enigma. He was kind of the Howard Hughes of music for a long time because he did Journey, did a solo album that was huge with O'Sherry, hmm. went back uh, to Journey for one album, did another solo album, which was fine, and then said, you know what, enough of this. I'm just going to go live a normal life. And for 20 plus years, he did nothing. Hmm. Uh, and but ultimately he did return and do an album and I, I was making videos all around the time that that album was coming back and uh, so I, I was able to catch kind of the momentum of a Steve Perry renaissance but at the end of the day I could only talk about Steve Perry so much <laughs> right I, I loved it but it was I needed to expand and broaden my uh, repertoire of videos my library of videos. So I started really kind of thinking, what do I really want to make videos about? And I'm the kind of guy that in the evening, I'm not really, I will watch new shows. I don't mind new television shows. There's some good stuff out there. I'm not the, a person that believes that there's, it's all crap these days. But if I have my choice, I'm going to fire up an episode of the Andy Griffith show, a classic episode of Leave it to Beaver, Star Trek, I've got the entire Batman 66 series with Adam West and Burt Ward. Those are my go-to shows. And so I started doing videos on that. And in particular, Andy Griffith, focusing on the Andy Griffith show. I started with a video on Amp B, actress Francis Bavier, Don Knotts, and they got great response. And I did one ultimately on Andy Griffith, so his response to the passing of 
JFK when he was assassinated that has, it is my most popular video even today. It has like a million and a half views or something on it. It's just crazy how many, and it's something of a folktale too. I think I told you prior to mm. the start of this that I really, other than uh, uh, some stories I got from my community in the comment threads, I, I can't verify this particular story, but it's a great story about Don Knotts coming to console him and it's worth being told, even if it is something of an Andy Griffith folktale. Right. Um, so anyway, I think I, I kind of got us there to where we're talking about movies and television and music and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a so, long journey, but yeah. It was, and so you know, you know, looking at your channel here, I think of what the one that you're you're speaking of is this one here. The day Andy Griffith lost it on the. Mayberry set. Correct? Yes. Yeah. I got a story to tell about that. I have to tell you this story. So there's a guy, uh -huh. a, a member of my YouTube community named Bob Davis. Love this guy. He doesn't comment very often anymore, uh, but he was a frequent commenter early on. And he's kind of a, I don't know, uh, he's a stickler for things being, he takes things very literally. It's a part of his personality. Mm. And so some people would get frustrated by some of his comments, but I, I never would. And one of the things he commented on, I posted that video originally with a different title. So I think it was the day that Andy Griffith went completely nuts or something like that. Right. And he came back to me and said, you know what? You, you, your videos are positive. Find a way to not make it sound so like you went so crazy. And so we went back and forth in the comments thread about what the title of that video should be. So I, Bob Davis helped me with that particular title and it's a great title. It's, it's, it's exactly what happened. It still pulls people in, but it's not as, you know, it's not as flamboyant or as exaggerated as saying he went completely nuts because he didn't go completely nuts. Right. So, so talk to us a bit about, I, I find it fascinating what you mentioned earlier, you went from, you know, posting some things about journey and then say, Hey, I'm going to try. So when you first mentioned like that, the first one was about, uh, was called whatever happened to um, B that was yeah. historically, mm -hmm. that was uh, timeline wise was before the, the, the day Andy was. Lost yeah. was. So I'm, I'm curious from a, from a, from a content creator perspective, was that a question that you wanted to answer yourself or was that something that you were deliberate to say, Hey, I just, uh, this might be a question other people might want to know the answer to, or how did that, how did that process happen? I think the way that happened and the way a lot of my videos happen is I'm surfing YouTube mm. and I f came across a series of videos, one by Andy, one with Fran with Francis or later on in her life where I was, it got me intrigued about their relationship. And uh, because of that, I've done a number of videos on this now, but I, I did more digging. The, you know, the rabbit hole you can go down, right? On the internet and in particular YouTube, uh, you can just spend hours learning about things that may or may not be useful at any point in the future in your life. Right. But uh, it was that. And, and, that is how I come up with most of my videos these days is just kind of like exploring the corners of YouTube and beyond and finding stories that I think are interesting to me and hoping that they'll be interesting to other people as well. So yeah, that was going to be my next question is like how uh, with, with your, your, your scores and scores of videos that you've put out over the last few years, how many of them would you say percentage wise are 
this is a video I want to make for myself because I want to share this knowledge. Or how many of them is from some of your live streams where fans would say or viewers would say, you know, hey, Dave, do something like this or do something like that where you've decided to take uh, take on like a, a, a viewer request. Yeah. So I get a lot of suggestions. As a matter of fact, there's a guy named Tar Tarell Bellinger. Hey, Tarell, hopefully you're watching, uh, who makes a, at least one suggestion a day through Twitter. And it's great. He does me the courtesy now of like hashtagging it, ask Dave, so that I can actually go, if I'm stumped, if I come up with nothing, if I've got nothing that I want to do, then I'll just go to Twitter and throw in that hashtag. And I'll have like this amazing list that Tarell has provided me. That's the other thing I do is whenever I get a suggestion on YouTube, I'll put my response will be thanks for the suggestion. I'll add it to my list. And I don't have to add it to a list because all I need to do is go back to uh, my YouTube comments in the creator studio and filter by add it to my list. And so I'd use those two means. But truthfully, to answer your question, over three quarters of the videos are ones I just want to do. And it's important that it be that way. I like, I like doing requests, but this has to be, this isn't my full-time job. It's not my career. It's a hobby. This has to be a reflection of the love that I have for, you know, television, movies, and music that I grew up with. And as a result, you know, if I, if a request you know, if it intersects with that love, those are the ones that are more likely to get done. But oftentimes it's just, like I said, me going down a rabbit hole and having fun and, you know, whipping together a little video, which is super high tech PowerPoint and a screen capture program. <laughs> so, yeah, so your, 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 as you mentioned, so, and I think you said it's like you use, yeah, you, you'd use PowerPoint and you just do a voiceover on it. Yeah. Is that way? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't wing it either. Uh, I'm not really all that articulate or eloquent, particularly when I have to like just, I'm okay in this kind of conversational setting, I think, but when I'm sitting there and I'm trying to come up with that, I like to write it down. PowerPoint, it's it's amazing because it has that notes section down in the bottom. If you're familiar with the tool, there's a notes section and I can have the the slide up. I'm capturing just that portion of the screen and I have the notes section so I can go ahead and then really focus on uh, the delivery and not really what I'm going to say. And, and by doing so minimize the ums and the pauses and all the things that, you know, it happens when you're just speaking. Right. And, and you mentioned, or you mentioned you kind of gravitate towards. So when you mentioned, when you, you, when you go into that rabbit hole piece, as you're coming up with ideas, you have like a notepad next to you and say like, all right, I'm going to, all right, this is a good one. This isn't what I want a topic on, but I'll write this for later. So Got to cover up the bottom part because that's work-related, but let me yeah. see if I can show you. This was today. Yeah. Madge Blake and Doris Day. <laughs> so was watching some videos. I read an article on Madge Blake who was Aunt Harriet on the Andy Griffith Show and Larry Mondello's mom on Leave it to Beaver. And uh, I, I just love her as an actress, but there's a great story about Adam West. They were going to fire her from Batman. Really? Yeah, and, and it, oh. the reason is unknown. But uh, they were going to fire her from Batman, and Adam West said, "You know, hey, you, that's not happening. You, you, you know, you created this character for the TV show. Madge Blake is a lovely lady. You're not going to fire her." She baked him a cake. It was in his dressing room the next day. Unfortunately, she her season. There were three seasons of Batman, and third season she 
she was not in good health and she didn't appear in all of the episodes anyway, but, but imagine how it would have felt for her to have been fired. So kudos to Adam West, incredible stand-up guy uh, in real life, as well as when he played the Cape Crusader uh, for coming to her rescue. And Doris Day, that was actually from a comment. I try, I do my very, very best to read all the comments. And, and I try to respond when it's appropriate. Like if someone's asking a question or if it's someone's taking the time to write like a three, four sentence comment, I'll do my best to say something like, you know, hey, thank you for sharing. Thanks for the memories. All of those kind of things, because I think that's important. They've invested time into the community to share something. Now, if I get a, you know, two word comment, I, I don't typically stress too much if I don't respond to those kind of things. But that was a comment about the Doris Day Show, which was ran for five seasons on CBS in the late 60s, early 70s, a favorite show of my mother, speaking of mothers. And yeah. uh, the weird thing about that show is that it changed formats every, almost every single year. Four of the five seasons, it changed its format in different locations, ditched her kids and never to speak of them again at some point. It's just an interesting show, and it's going to make a great video. I can't wait to do it. I'd actually, the weird thing was, I got the comment, but I'd actually gone down the internet rabbit hole on that one not too long ago. So it's just kind of like, like I said, when they collide, right. that's when the magic happens. And are you, and, and some of the ones that, that, is it more serendipitous or there's certain aspects of the fact that some of the shows that you tend to um, gravitate to do more videos about are ones that seem to have a less... Um, YouTube presence, or are there are some shows where you're like, I really love, you know, this show, but people are already talking about it a lot. I'm not going to bring anything, anything more to it. I think that any, I really believe that regardless of your niche, your genre, if you have your take on a story can have value. So I don't necessarily worry too much about whether someone else has done a video on it or not. I do like in the back of my head, there's another YouTube creator out there who I've gotten to know a little bit. His name's Rick 9G. And he, he does a ton of videos on I Love Lucy and Hogan's Heroes and Gilligan's Island. So hey, I you know I could do a ton of videos on those shows, but I don't. I will. I did one on William Frawley not too long ago on his final appearance. And I did one on Don Wells when she passed away. So, you know, I I, I will, but I I don't think one should ever say I'm not going to make a video because there's something out there because each video, I really believe this is a, an expression of you, right? The person that makes it the creator and, and it's different. And I think what you have to do, if you're, if you see a video out there and it was the same topic you were going to cover, you have to say, okay, how can I make this different? How can I add to the conversation? And, and hopefully you're not, hopefully there's not folks out there. I, there probably are, but, Hopefully there's not too many folks out there that are just trying to, you know, carbon copy something that, that has been successful in hopes of getting similar views. Right. Is there any specific shows that you're, uh, you're planning on that you haven't really touched on yet in over the last few years that you're, you're still looking at to say, yeah, I really want to do I've never done one on Hogan's Heroes and I am going to do one on Hogan's Heroes in the not too distant future. Uh, I have, I've stayed away from Star Trek and, that's because I know Paramount, they're just a litigious bunch of people. I, uh, they, I, I hope that, you know, my videos, I feel like they wouldn't be the kind that would, you know, anyone would go after me for a copyright or anything like that. But 
I, I've shied away from Trek because I know how careful and how cautious the studio is with that property. I've, I've done a handful on Trek, but I, I love Star Trek. And if I felt more comfortable, I'd be doing a lot more Star Trek videos. And it's, it's so, yeah, that brings me up to my other question is like, is there, um, be, because you're doing videos that are based off of, you know, other IPs and, you know, other people's properties, do you feel is, did you have to kind of like consult the lawyer to say, do I have to show certain things a certain minute amount of seconds or how did you do that? I didn't. Uh, and I, I tried to actually reach out to a couple and they, they didn't really, they didn't have a lot of interest in, in helping me. Uh, so I, I read up on fair use yeah. and I looked to see what other people are doing on the internet that seemed to be, and I, and then I went conservative, right? A lot of people show video. Okay. I, the only video I'll ever show is I have uh, swiped a few like promos. Like, so if I want to do something on the love boat and I wanted a clip in there, I would do a clip, a promo clip. Like we're used to seeing, you know, of, what's coming Saturday on the love boat, right? Gopher finds, you know, that kind of thing, that kind of clip I'll put in because it's already kind of been repackaged to the point where the, the IP and the copyright of the video probably isn't going to be, no one's going to look at it and say, man, we're losing revenue on that. Right. So anyway, but I played it just super conservative. I've done everything I can to, even with the images, still images, which I try to keep on the screen less than 30 seconds at a time. Uh, I've tried to, uh, do artistic things to them to, again, kind of make it feel like it's, it's my own interpretation of, of that. And I've also more recently, I've been really cautious about using any image that I feel might, might've been taken by someone professionally. Right. So I'll, I'll use screen stills. I'll use magazine covers. I'll use those kind of things because again, I think I don't think anybody looks at those and says, I'm losing revenue. I'm lo I've lost some livelihood because of that. So I, I try to always keep that in mind because I think that's important to recognize people, uh, the, the work they do. At the same time, I, I think the, the concept, the idea of fair use is YouTube could not exist without it. At least it wouldn't be the same beast that it is. Right. But I am by no means a lawyer and, the other thing that I've just said to myself is if I get any sort of uh, nudging and I have had over my three years, I've had numerous copyright claims and uh, uh, not on images, always on music. Mm. And I typically just, I've shied away from putting any type of recognizable music in anything because I just rec recognize that that's something that seems, the internet and YouTube seems to be very cautious about. But I did get one on an image uh, years ago. It was back when I was doing the stuff on Journey. And it was clearly, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I did well after I got the copyright strike, my one copyright strike. It was, it was a personal image and just shouldn't have been shared. And so immediately the video was taken down and immediately a, a message was sent apologizing for that. And I think that's what, you know, I think if, we, if we're civil about the stuff, uh, and, and we try to work with the best of intentions. I'm, I'm hopeful that, that we can continue to do this kind of thing because it, it certainly is an enjoyable hobby for me. But if I ever start getting a lot of copyright claims or strikes, well, then I just have to reevaluate and reflect on what I'm doing and, and try to do something different. Right. So that's, so you're, 
you know, looking at it for specific folks that might be watching or listening who are wanting to do some their own YouTube channel. Uh, so a good point of advice that you brought up was one, uh, respond to comments. What did yeah. you say? Kind of. Oh yeah. Up. If you're going to build a community, make sure that you actually are part of that community. Mm. And that means when someone takes the time to put a, a legitimate comment in there and they you can tell that they've spent a few minutes posting their shot, thoughts, sharing their memories, respond to that. At bare minimum, say thank you. Right. And and so and and you also had and you, you've mentioned it, you know, earlier, and I think in, in some of your uh, some of your lists on some of your videos, it says this is how I do it. There's a there's a program you use as well, yeah. as you say. Yeah. What's it called? Screenomatic or what screencast matic Okay. And it's uh it's it's a they continue to evolve it. I've over the last six months or so, I've been able to add some really fancy transitions in there because it, they continue to, you know, add new features. And but it is literally just a program that captures whatever I can identify a certain section of my screen, and then I can capture my audio. It it, it provides me with uh, some copyright free music to incorporate, and it does all the leveling and all the mixing for me. It's really quite a fantastic program. I'm a big fan of Screencast-O-Matic. Um, so, but I, they're not, they don't sponsor me. I do have an affiliate link, right? That's an affiliate link in there. And I think the, what, the way that it's never paid out, I've never gotten anything from them, but if five people clicked on that link and then subscribed to it, because it's like 15 bucks a year, by the way, 15, best 15 bucks I've ever spent. Uh, <laughs> But if five people did that, then they'd give me a free year. So I'd get 15 bucks out of it. But so far, the only affiliate I have is my brother. <laughs> and and you're and you're also not sponsored by Rewind Magazine. That was another thing that you always I yeah, saw a lot no, of I'm a big fan of it's Remind Magazine. Oh, Remind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A big fan of Remind Magazine. I actually sent them a letter. And said, "Hey, you know, we ought to do something. We ought to. I ought to be sponsored by you guys, or at the bare minimum, you know, we got to figure out a way to get you. Give me some stuff, and I'll <laughs> talk about it." And they were actually they came back and said, "Hey, yeah, we'd like to meet with you. All that kind of stuff." And then the gal who will go unnamed, she blew me off for the first meeting, and she apologized. Yeah, she felt horrible about it, and. But in between all of that, I kind of got cold feet and didn't really know if I, there's something about, there's a purity about not being sponsored by anything or anyone. I mean, I have Amazon links in there. So, you know, you click on it and it says, get Andy Griffith's DVD here. You know, I get a little bit of something. And then there's the Screencast-O-Matic thing. But I don't, I love not, I've been approached by a handful of people that wanted to be sponsors. And uh, I've uh, I went down the path quite a ways with another uh, company, and ultimately again just got cold feet because I just don't like the idea of me. I just want to just share my memories, and you kind of sully it up a little bit when you start. And and now I'm going to stop and talk about this VPN, which everybody <laughs> wants to know about virtual private networks and what you can do with it. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you, because of your the, the genre you do, you could go whole hog and do what, like the Abbott and Costello Colgate show, where you just <laughs> you could have. I could. Andy Griffith did it. On, they did cereal, I think, on the Andy Griffith show, and of course, post Andy Griffith, he was hawking Ritz crackers and grape nuts and all sorts of crap. <laughs> maybe someday, but not, not today, Barney. <laughs> You know, the the Nord VPN hour. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that would be funny actually. To the Nord VPN hour, <laughs> you'll have like a curtain behind you, and they have like a skit already. Yeah, set that would everything. that would be good. Maybe maybe that's if I ever do succumb, and, and I'm not calling it the dark side, but if I ever do succumb and go that route, uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to name my shows. <laughs> you know, <whatever. laughs> so. So, so talk to us about it. Also, it, um, you know, some other pieces of advice that you do now that you wished you started four or five years ago when uh, when your when your YouTube channel started going. Yeah, so I think uh, we've hit on some of them, uh, which is one: uh, you really need to be attuned to your community, right? Yeah. Uh, that is how you're going to grow your channel. Get people uh, who return to the, your channel because they like not only the videos you create, but enjoy the interaction that occurs afterwards. And that's a really critical thing. The other thing that I think that I've, there, this is not any sort of secret sauce for anyone, but there's a real patience that is required for this. Hmm. Uh, you don't, you don't get to a thousand subscribers overnight. It's very rare that it does that you know, works out that way for people, for creators. And if it does, then you have to kind of worry about who that audience is and, and what drove them. How did you get a thousand subscribers overnight? And what was that video? And are you prepared to create video after video in a similar style down the same niche? Mm. So uh, know your niche, let your audience help you find that niche, right? Whether it was driving me towards making more Steve Perry videos or ultimately really kind of helping me land on focusing on music, movies, and television, and mostly television. And that's a prime. I could talk about movies till I'm blue in the face and music, but the channel, the community has really dictated that it, it be mostly television shows from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and, and a little bit of the 80s. Uh, so you have to listen to them. You build that community, you listen to them, and then you be patient. And you have to recognize that I liken it to fishing. My my middle son loves to fish. Hmm. He's a very patient person, but he's a great fisherman because of it, right? He always lands something. And it's the same way with videos uh, on YouTube. Even if you think it's the greatest video in the world, sometimes they just don't take, right? <laughs> sometimes for whatever reason, you know, you, you go, wow, this is, I, I could have swore I was going to get 10,000 views on this one. And what do I got? I got like 800. It's crazy, you know, and it just doesn't make any sense. But you just, you just leave it there because one, I've had videos that have performed like that at the beginning, right. that six months later, for whatever reason, the algorithm picks up and it, it, it goes, it skyrockets. But just keep churning them out. Be consistent. Uh, you know, try to deliver videos on a consistent basis. In my case, it's 
a couple every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then just listen. I think that's, uh, that's the key. I, I'm, I'm tr- I, I wish I had more words of wisdom, but there's nothing more than that other than infinite, infinite patience. <laughs> and that, that was funny. So do you have like some, you know, the artists considered call it like a buffer. Do you actually have like a, 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 a buffer of, of videos that you say you kind of do them all on a Saturday or no? No, no, no. I do them all on the fly. So uh, those ones that I just showed you, likely my next ones. <laughs> Very likely. We'll see something on Doris Day and Madge Blake in the not too distant future. Uh, I have had every once in a while I'll get one or two in the can behind me. Hmm. If, but typically because I still work a 40-hour week job. Right. Uh, great company that I've just loved working for. I've worked for them for 28 years. Uh, I, this has to be a hobby right now. It, mm-hmm. And so as such, there have been rare, rare weeks where I've only done one video just while on the weekend when I could find the time. Right. And, and so talk to us a bit about you. We mentioned before we went on the air that you have several different channels as well. What yeah. was your idea for having separate channels? Well, I don't know if they, I shared with you that I don't yeah. know if I, if it's all that wise. So we've got the Dave Sundstrom live there, right. Dave's music memories and forgotten media. And then let's, you know, let's not, let's give Stevie a little love there. Steve and Sundstrom's video. He's following the Dave Sundstrom formula and in less than a year, 2.17 K subscribers, not all that bad. Yeah. And, uh, and Steve just, he's what he's done is he's, he's, you know, it came from the same home where from the same genetic pull, he can, he can do it. He can pull it off. <laughs> and uh, the only thing he does is he often talks about TV shows from the nineties too. Okay. So it's, it's a good thing there, but uh, about those channels. So they're all kind of like, once I started really focusing on TV shows in particular from the um, classic decades of television, I had all these older videos that, particularly the Steve Perry stuff and some other music videos that didn't really feel like they still belonged on that channel. Even though I say at the end of every video that, Hey, I talk about music, movies, and television, it just really kind of felt out of place. So I've slowly been migrating those over to Dave's music memories and making new videos every once in a while on that channel. The live stuff is, I I told you this Barney, I don't know if it's true, but I, I felt like the algorithm might be penalizing me a little bit. I think I had probably had like 10 videos in a row that just didn't perform the way I wanted them to. I thought, this is, what could it be? I bet it's my live streams, which I love doing, but they just don't get the same views. So I tried to migrate everything over there. That channel may eventually go away. It's it's very much, uh, it's an incubator channel. I'm testing it out and we'll see what happens. I'm not convinced that I was right on that. And I really miss, I told you this, the audience hasn't completely followed me over there. So when I do a live stream on that newer channel, even though I'll post a message in the community forum on the, the more popular channel, my main right. channel, yeah, people don't come over all the time. Right. So there's my other channel. You, you don't, that one's a kind of a hidden channel, top TV and movie trivia. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's and that's just it. what I'll do is as I'm uh, researching 
you know, you just come up with all these little tidbits. And so I've started throwing them into little videos that are quizzes that are all automated. And Screencast-O-Matic is so phenomenal for that particular kind of thing as well. Mm. And they don't have that many views yet. Uh, but it's only it's only a channel that's been out for a month or so. And it's it's 70-ish subscribers. So it's getting there slowly but surely. Again, it's the long game with YouTube. <laughs> so what are some of the things that you've seen over the years that YouTube launched uh, to help support creators that you are, you fully embraced. And what are some of the things that you kind of miss from previous iterations of YouTube? You know, when they got rid of the old creators uh, studio, whatever that was called, I can't remember what they even called that. I was convinced I was going to be not as pleased with uh, the, the new iteration of that the tools they give us as creators but i love the creator studio uh and use it all of the time uh particularly around the comments that's where i answer all of my comments are answered from creator studio uh i spend a lot of time in analytics when i say a lot i probably spend an hour a week mm. across over the course of the week looking at analytics i love the tool that yeah. shows me when my audience is most often on. And I do try to release videos. If I know, like, for example, if I have a video ready, say it's, say I, I piece together that Madge Blake video later tonight or uh, tomorrow afternoon after work. And, and I think to myself, ah, you know, cause I get really excited. I, I got a new video. <laughs> Let me upload it and see how everybody responds. I can't wait to answer questions. And but I know based on the audience analytics that Wednesday is the day that people aren't on as much. There's only like a three hour window where most, where my subscribers are typically on YouTube on that day. Whereas if I wait until Friday or Saturday, it's like a six hour window. They're just on for a longer period of time. There's more of them. And the chance of it kind of being loved at the beginning uh, by my audience, by my subscribers is, is greater. Now that doesn't mean over the long run that that video or a video that I release on Wednesday is going to be one over the long term. They have an equal chance of being popular, mm -hmm. but if I want to get that momentum and ride that wave just at the beginning, that's when you try to use that tool. And I, I love that audience. I also like the, uh, the, what your viewers are watching tool. I don't know if you've ever looked at that one, Barney, but there's one in there that will tell me the other kind of videos. They'll rank out like the top 15 videos that my target demographic, my viewers are watching. And, uh, and so I'll look at those and not always, but a couple of times I've gotten ideas from, it sent me down the rabbit hole. So <laughs> You're looking at this. This is interesting. Let me click on this. And then I click on another and, and down I go. Right. And do you, and so uh, other aspects of social media, have you been able to, to have your fans kind of, or your, your viewers kind of steer you towards either like, you know, Twitter, as you mentioned, Twitter earlier, um, like Instagram, Facebook, some of those other ones. I've tried, I've tried a uh, Twitter. So I have like 250 something followers on Twitter. People haven't followed me mm -hmm. over there, uh, which is okay. 264 followers. Uh, it's, it's my, I like to call Twitter, uh, my Tyrell Bellinger channel where, I, <laughs> where Tell, Tyrell and I communicate every day. 
And uh, and other than that, I do when I do in a video, I'll post it to Twitter as well and share that. And then every once in a while, I'll see something cool and I'll remember, hey, you can share that on Twitter, and then I'll share it on Twitter. But mostly, it's just me sending off my videos. Right. Uh, I've used Facebook as well. I have a channel called Dave Sunstrom Remembers over there. You can okay. go right there and uh, and uh, which know, is also uh, it's also updated fairly yeah. regularly as well. I, whenever I release a video, I will post it there as well. So I uh, I have a, a process. The process is upload video, uh, post it to the community forum first, mm. post it to Twitter second, and post it to Facebook third. Okay. And, and then I'm done. And then I'll just go back and respond to comments. Mm. And hopefully it uh, is well received. And so all you're doing is just cut and paste. And do you use any... Oh, it's even like, like Hootsuite uh, or something, or no, it's even easier than that. You just go to the video page, so you know, click on any one of those videos there, and you and at right below the video, there's a share option, okay, and you can just share it directly from the video, okay, to both the community page as well as Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. I just, I'm, I'm kind of you know, I'm an old, uh, older feller. Uh, you mentioned your Gen X, I am the last year of the boom generation. I'm a boomer. I'm an okay boomer. My boys love to say, okay, boomer. To me. <laughs> and that means that I'm not as savvy in the way of the Insta and the snap and, and yeah. all these other things. What's the TikTok? Uh, the, you know, I, I just, and nor do I want to be, I just right. feel like, you know, if I, if I do all that kind of stuff, it's, it's no longer a hobby. Maybe I lose a little bit of the joy and, and it's going to bite into my Andy Griffith time. <laughs> it's important that I still remember you. Know, we got to remember what got me here, which is that I am a major couch potato that really just loves watching television. Do, do you feel because of this, uh, you know, this, this, as you mentioned, this hobby and this passion that seems to be doing, do you ever look at it th like through a work lens now? Do you like watching Andy Griffith? Do you feel as though you have to sit down with a, with a note card to say, or, Anything like that? No. Uh, I, and that's because I think if I maybe was reliant upon this for income. Right. And, and that the channel is monetized. And every once in a while, somebody will say, I love your channel, but I hate the the commercials. And, you know, part of me thinks, ah, oh, maybe I just shouldn't monetize the videos. But, you know, it's gotten to the point where there's enough views that it's significant. I can take my wife out to eat three or four times a week. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but it's not what we live on right it's just a little bit of discretionary extra cash and uh, and and because of that i don't feel any of that pressure i don't i just do what i i love doing and and i i hope it always stays that way that's that's the goal right right yeah that's why we do hobbies whether it's building trains in our basement or stamp collecting or those weird weirdos that are on YouTube and doing podcasts, Barney, you know, that's, that's why we do it is because it's, it's a way to, you know, relax and kind of get some, get some little bit moments of enjoyment. So plans then Dave, it's like, are you looking at, because of your, cause you, as you say, you have a really engaged community. Is there been any thought about, Hey, is there going to be a Dave Sundstrom convention or is there something where you're going to have a a thing that you want to have well, something to get all these people that've been talking to each other via you to get them all in the same room someday 
if I were more of a planner, I, so we were on a live stream the other day and uh, there's a guy that lives, I live in Utah and the guy lives in St. George, Utah, who I've, he reached out to me and he's had done a couple interviews with me and uh, I've had him on my live stream a few times. His name's Ian, Ian, and then his last name starts with C and E. So he goes by E-N-C, the letters E-N and C. And uh, he has a channel called Retro Serial. So he's a Gen Xer like you, Barney. And he uh, talks about all his favorite shows. And uh, he mentioned on the last live stream that I invited him to, he said, we should build out a convention, a Dave Sundstrom Good Stuff convention. And I'm like, so inside I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Here's the reality. I'm an introvert. I, I'm very much an introverted personality. I, I, I love this medium of communicating. And I, when I get to know people, I feel like I'm a really good friend to those people that I am close to. But I, I'm, I am an INTJ, if you've ever done the uh, Briggs-Myers. Yeah. And, uh, and as such, that doesn't appeal to me all that much. The <laughs> convention and the you know, all the socializing and that kind of stuff. Parties are hard for me. Right. And and as such, I, I, I didn't shut him down right there, but it might have to be a retro serial convention, ENC, if you're watching this, <laughs> that you have, and I will be there to support you. <laughs> as an ENF, as an ENFP, I can't, I, I can't. Oh, you do. You. <laughs> Actually, a lot of my friends are E's in particular, yeah. but an ENFP, wow, that's that tells me a lot about you. Because <laughs> I think, as I said, I think the piece of that you brought up some of your tips earlier, but like you know, create the community, create the community. It's that's going to be foundational to um, to to support you know your 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 hobby in that sense, as you as you as you so humbly put it. Uh, but as I say, you do great videos. It's, you know what I, what I, what I find fascinating about what you do as well, Dave, is that, and I'm wondering if it's, if it's me or just anybody else is that if I have a random question about, Hmm, I wonder about this and I'll just type it in, in YouTube, you've already done a video to answer that question. Like, <laughs> so I'm not the only one that thought about this. Like, <laughs> It's, it's weird at this point, if you type in whatever happened to a, a number. Of, yeah. I mean, it's like over, you know, I've been doing it for a while now and I've been fairly prolific. So there's, uh, and there's even been videos that I've retired. I mean, we're, we're talking about like 500 videos over the course of the last three years. And so, yeah, there's a lot of questions that have been answered and, and search is by the way, not the way to get views, but it is kind of cool to, to type in Google yeah. And have your video be the first one to come up when it, you're talking about a star or something like that. Right. Yeah. And it, because then, as you said, you go down these rabbit holes. Uh, like you mentioned, we mentioned before we went in the air, the, the Mr. Schlump. Mr. Schwump. Mr. Schwump. Schwump. Yeah. yeah. Good old and, Mr. Schwump. Yeah. And then, and, and so there is a false narrative, I guess you said, that there is, that they think well, they figured out who it is, but that's not yeah. completely true. And here's the problem with the YouTube and the internet and the World Wide Webs. Uh, here's the problem, right? There's no, you know, I already told you that the, my most popular video, I I consider a folktale. Uh, and yet it is, I, I, did a, I did a new version of that video and it just hasn't gotten the views. So the old video has to stay up. It's still, you know, getting the views. But where I said, hey, this is pretty much, uh, you know, I don't, if you're looking for me to corroborate where I got this story from, other than my comments section, you're not going to find it. 
But the point being is, is that there's a lot of misinformation out there. I've been guilty of it. As you, when you make this many videos, you will ultimately share something in your videos that's incorrect and or wrong, or or read an article like the Looper art. I think it was Looper. I don't know yeah. one of those one of those uh, internet companies that kind of specializes in in these kind of stories about movie stars and that type of thing. And uh, they'll get it wrong too, and you'll read it and you'll pass along the same misinformation. And that's the danger of the world that we live in and you know whether let's you know we'll stay away from these topics today whether it's politics religion or andy griffith you got to be careful about the information that you're getting and make sure you kind of take a, a you know all of it with a grain of salt and do your own research and and really dig if you're if you're especially if it's something that you're going to hang your hat on so that's, that's a good point though so do you have in situations where you might get an updated information and instead of doing like a part two um, from a, from a content creator's perspective, would you just go back into the analytics and go back into the, the creator studio and kind of add one of those, you know, click this button for the updated. Yeah. Video? They don't, yeah. I've done that. I did that with the Andy Griffith one, you know, no one clicks on that. It just, it, it what the algorithm, Google's algorithm, the YouTube algorithm continues to push that old video and put it in front of new people, right? And browse and suggest it. That's where you get all your views is once the, that algorithm, the magical mystical algorithm mm -hmm. uh, decides that your video is worthy of putting in front of people. And, and by the way, the, the key there is click through rate and video duration, right? You, so make your video and video thumbnail and title uh, somewhat to don't make it clickbaity because that will affect duration, mm -hmm. but make it accurate and yet enticing and then deliver the goods. Don't spend the first minute and a half talking about asking people to subscribe and send you money. Uh, you deliver the goods because, uh, you want them to stay on that video as long as humanly possible. Those two metrics, I'm convinced, are the way you land in browse and suggested if you're a creator. Right. It's yeah. It's make that clear as you said. The click through and, and the the video duration. Yeah. yeah. You just don't want people. To, if you the problem with clickbait, right, is if promising something, you know, that's just too fantastical to be true, is the minute someone realizes that you're not delivering what that thumbnail or what your title said, they drop you. Right. And Google picks up on that and it not only impacts that performance of that video, but it impacts, I believe the performance of all the videos on your channel. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, so we're already knocking at the top of the hour. Already, yeah. Dave. So, uh, so, as we mentioned, people, your 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 main spot is would be your your YouTube channel, correct? That's where people can yep. can find you. That's where it, I ask people to start. Uh, the other channels are, you know, if, if this is a hobby, those are hobbits. They're hobbits, <laughs> and uh, and they're they're fun to visit as well. But this is where I spend the bulk of my mind space and really my creativity, trying to uh, share my love of music, movies, and mostly television from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, the good stuff. The good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they can also check out uh, those that are on Facebook. They, you know, yeah. visit your Facebook. 
If you hit that site, you'll never miss a video. If you're if you become a follower of that particular site on Facebook, all my videos, regardless of channel, will most I ninety nine percent of them end up there. Right, and and you can always hashtag Ask Dave on on. Yeah, well, Twitter. you'll get Terrell's suggestions if you do that. <laughs> I just suggest uh, following me on on Twitter if that's your thing. Twitter's right. a crazy place, though. So. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it's like completely yeah, two like different worlds. It's weird how that works. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Dave. This has been a true pleasure. And uh, I've really enjoyed, you know, hearing some of your advice and, and how you got into your channel. This has been good stuff. Well, I appreciate you reaching out to me and I wish you the very best of luck with your podcast. And I've got another podcast to subscribe to. There you go. <laughs> and uh, and uh, look forward to watching future you know having these videos hopefully at some point show up on my on my homepage because go. <laughs> that's gonna hopefully that will send me down another rabbit hole give me some more good ideas there you go all right thank you very much He's already said something. <laughs> I love it. Danny State. And this guy's awesome. Have you heard me talk about Danny yes. State? Uh, yes. Yeah. Sasquatch. A, yeah, yeah. Sasquatch. He's all. And so I think I got to know him or he probably found my channel when I, you know, six million dollar man. Right. The whole Bigfoot episodes are legendary on the six million dollar man and bionic woman. And uh, I don't know if that's how he found me originally. But the, the reality is, is he and I and likely you we all you know within a decade come from the same television time period and and so there's a lot of things he loves he loves comic books he does these videos kind of funny because he's got re he's really low tech right he's just holding his camera and uh or his phone right that's his camera and he, he just reads a comic book and he has some really old ones and just his you know his reactions because he doesn't hold anything back and he's uh, just a Southern feller, the, the exactly like what you might expect, you know, from Hazard County or someone down there, and <laughs> and he's just a hoot. I, I seriously, the that's why YouTube is so awesome. You just, yeah. other than public access programming in the late seventies and early eighties, you don't find this stuff anywhere else. It's true. <laughs> that is Wayne, like Wayne's World all over again. Yeah, it is a twenty first century like cable access is what YouTube is. Yeah, it's like. Oh, the democratization of hey, if you got a camera, you can be your, you can have your own show. 